Hey, Hanyaks, welcome back to the Rambling Viking Podcast, bringing your Monday dose of weird, and I don't know how weird it's going to be because there's a lot of whirlwind, but friendly reminder, I um, we do have a merch shop, and you can find that link. It will always be in the description down below, and it's just a round of some cool stickers right now. It's, they're like a couple bucks, so go get you a Rambling Viking Podcast sticker or a Hanyak sticker or whatever. Uh, I think it's pretty cool, and really it's like the podcast it's kind of for me personally because i just like to i want to have my own stuff right i'm (laughs) over 250 episodes it's hard to believe in about four years and that's where we're at and probably about three restarts so that's what we're doing but uh yeah there's a lot going on and today we're really i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna flesh out my full thoughts around the whole joe rogan thing and really how we're seeing i mean the full force of you want to call it the machine, the cabal, the mainstream, whatever, to to cancel someone who arguably is uncancelable. And his response, both then we're obviously going to talk about the most recent thing and kind of their strategy and the general, I don't know, philosophy around it. And also the one fun thing that always seems to come up when these in these instances is that you are who you are and there's never any changing. You, you did one bad thing in the past, and that is who you are. And so I can no longer trust you or see you the same. And it's like, okay, I can maybe no longer see you the same, but you also have to take everything in stride. Like, I am not myself as – I am not what I did when I was five because I had a completely different world. I, I, you know, I am the same person, but I am also completely different. And that's going to be one of the main points today, though. But I hope you had a PDFG weekend. If you're new here, that's a pretty darn freaking good little term I came up with. Haven't put that sticker out. Got a few more to to put out. Oh, good news, too, if you were paying attention. So I made an anti-waste sticker to help our movement because, you know, those of us who are against being wasteful and wasting. And uh, it's obviously a little bit of play on current trending topic that I'm not going to name here and. Uh, Redbubble, who I use for the meat hall, my shop, they, I went to publish that one and like make it public and they said, yeah, it's actually currently under review. Good news. It got approved. So it is approved and up there you can get that sticker. I need to go order one myself, but they were reviewing it over, there was three different categories. I don't remember what they were, but it was pretty funny. I was like, wow, <laughs> how crazy would that be that um, this design isn't approved and I couldn't sell it because it's of one thing or another, but it's pretty funny. Something that I am uh, tired of is, so this last week met a lot of people were getting plugged in this new church. Some of those people might be listening to my episodes as I've, you know, always am telling people about my podcast So if you're listening, welcome. But I am so tired of forgetting people's names. Now, here's what happened to me, right? So go to church this week. Uh, This is my second week going. And, of course, you know me. Sit front row. I'm a front row Christian, okay? Uh, It's believe where uh, it makes you more holy and makes you a better Christian all around. And also, it um, definitely allows you to see, you you know, it's more... When you have the pastor spit some occasionally 
fly onto you. It's like the same as sprinkling of holy water. And so it helps the message really sink in a little bit more. Uh, I'm joking. Pastors, I didn't get any spit on me, but I was literally, so there's, there's four sections and the, the the far right section is, is kind of the pastor's corner. You know, I think we all know what we're talking about. They were kind of the pastor, a lot of the worship team sit and that's the pastor's corner. So it doesn't count. I was literally the only person on the front row. There were plenty of people on the second row, on the third row. That first row was empty though. So, and, and I can admit for the setup of this building too, honestly, the first row is a little bit harsh. Uh, you're kind of angled down, so I'm cranking my neck and then the screens are on the left or right. So I'm either cranking left or cranking right to look at the screen. And so it really feels like, especially for the worship, I'm standing there. Imagine standing straight and the stage is right in front of you. And then you're cranked to the right. And you're, so you, so you're just head turned singing. And I was like, you know, this isn't that great, but, uh, so I might, I might pop back to the second or third row, but I, I think that's more for just comfortability of when I'm sitting and whatnot, I don't want to be cranking my neck one way or the other end up with, uh, getting a crick in my neck. Cause you know, I'm getting old. But got that going on. I know I've been telling you I've got this book review coming and I've got it coming and I'm about, I've, I'm working on it. Surprise, surprise. It is more in depth than I planned, but I'm going back through the book and finding the highlights and building out a document. And then it's going to be a whole episode, maybe Wednesday's episode. We'll just see. I might make it a bonus episode. I haven't decided if you have a preference, if you want to keep my doses weird, normal and me mix it in. Otherwise I might do that, but we'll just have to see. So that's coming up. I've got a couple stories in the next coming months. That's kind of been pushed back. So I talked about those and I, I'm going to dub this series blessings out of tragedy, born out of tragedy. It's a term I came up with on the mountain, on the ski hill. Ironically enough, I don't remember what, Oh, so my wife forgot we go and it's a great snow day. Like it's snowing on the mountain. It's snowing there. You're getting great fresh powder. And she wears two jackets. She has a rain jacket and then like her warm jacket. And she forgot her rain jacket and realized that when we got there, so I was like crud. So we we're trying to game plan. I was like, I can just wear my inner layer of my jacket. I'm warm typically. And you can wear my outer layer because your jacket's a lot nicer and don't want to get it all wet and ruined. Well, turns out they have thrift store and she went and found this awesome ski jacket for 60 bucks. It just has like one little tear in it and, and something like a couple little tears that are insignificant, really cool design and really quality. And so she stepped up her game both in style and in function, form and function for the slopes. And I was like, wow, talk about a blessing born out of tragedy. And tagline was born, right? <laughs> Literally. Gosh, sometimes, sometimes the way I talk, I tell you what. Well, so that then carried over into, you know, if you've been paying attention, I'm looking to uh, start having guests on and get people's stories of overcoming or just going through hardships and what that looks like and trying to build some encouraging messages for those people. Because I know one of the biggest things that when you are going through something, some sort of tragedy or hardship or hard time, the biggest, biggest, if you want to call it, use my Christianese tool of the devil is uh, aloneness or loneliness is we, we feel like, you know, we don't want to talk to anybody about it because everyone always seems to be doing fine. And that's how we, you know, we all of a sudden get this skewed view that, you know, we're, 
we're, we're going through this and we, whether we acknowledge it or not, a lot of times we feel alone and, and whether it's we feel like we're the only ones who are going through this or the only ones who are going through something, and that's simply not true. And I think it's important to have good messages of people being able to overcome bad situations or just dealing with bad situations. And so if you've got a story or you know someone has a cool story and it can be your life story, it can be story about, I don't know, an, a singular incident that happened that, that changed your life or, or altered your trajectory, anything and everything, please reach out. I'd love, love to get you on the podcast. But um, that those are incoming. I've got a couple queued up, and but they will be coming later, as in month, two months away. Um, I've, I, you know, I'm learning that trying to book guests and, and plan that out takes a little bit of time. So look at me planning ahead, not just winging it. So pretty incredible, right? But wow, I got way off base from where this started, but don't, not to fear. We're going to crank, we're going to, we're going to hit the e-brake, whip a Yui, go back down this side street, get back on the mother load, as my sister says, uh, the mother road of I'm tired of forgetting people's names. So I go to church, sit in front row and Pause here. Tell me, are you impressed with my ability to tangent off and then come back? Because, I don't know, maybe it's my obsession of if I start a point, I want to finish it. And so no matter how much I tangent, I will always hold strong to that anchor. I don't know. But is it impressive? Is it more annoying? You tell me. So, and there's a time of greeting or to use their Christianese, it's passing of the peace. And that's another reoccurring thing that I like to, that I'm definitely going to be bringing up more is my favorite, you know, Christianese phrases. And I think we all know what we're talking about. Um, the one, the, the, the infamous one that, that started this whole thing was I heard on a Christian radio station that said, let God speak all over you. And I was like, that feels gross and weird and just no, <laughs> but so passing of the peace, which is just literally a time to say hi to people and whatever. And I turn around and there's this couple about my age and I'm not even thinking at this point because I'm new to this church. I've met like 10 people and I'm just going to assume like they're not around me. Also people, uh, first week, everyone was wearing masks. So if you know anything about that, that covers, you know, I'm seeing your eyes. So now, and this week nobody is. And so just like, holy crap, turn around and I'm like, boom, hi, I'm Gus. Hi, I'm Gus. And she, and literally hits me. With the biggest slap in the face of like, you idiot. She goes, oh yeah, I know. We're ha- You're having dinner at our house tomorrow. And I just stop. And at that moment, I wanted to just kind of go find a deep, dark hole and dive in it. Like that little uh, video that's been meme video or gif that's been going around. That guy rolling off the edge and going into the darkness. Um, I was like, son of a gun. Look at this Hanyak go. And I almost, I, I thought, and that's why they call me the head Hanyak because that is the biggest Hanyak move. Just, hi, reintroduce yourself. So that's one of my stories where I've done it more than once where people reintroduce and be like, and it's different to be like, I'm not sure if you remember me, my name's so-and-so, than to be like, just full bore, head first, eyes closed. Like, hey, I'm so-and-so. I'm like, I know, we met you last week also exchanged information, also invited you to dinner and coordinated said dinner. And it's actually tomorrow. And so I don't know how it's and the dinner is now today. So we'll see how it's going to go. Who knows? I might've 
totally burnt that bridge of that was still in construction for building that relationship with that couple. But we'll see. I'm I'm confident they'll give they'll give me grace. So, and for anyone else who is new in my life in the Denver area that that ends up listening to this and do not hold it against me if I've got to ask your name the second or third time that we interact. So, cuz especially in in a time right now where I'm meat heavy, I'm face heavy, right? Meaning I'm meeting a lot of faces, getting a lot of names and Sometimes they just don't stick. So maybe I should do like my old professor did in college where first, first day of class, I love this first day of class. He'd go through and he'd call your name. He'd look at your face and based on your name, your face, whatever, he'd give you a nickname. And fortunately mine wasn't very cool, but some people had some really cool ones. I mean, mine was all right. My initials are geo go. So he looks at me, he calls me out, says, hello. And he's like, Oh, your initials are go. He goes, I'm going to remember you because you're always on the go, baby. And that's how he said it. Uh, professor House, shout out to him. He was awesome. Best professor, I think, hands down. Every, most everyone would agree. He was at least the most fun. He was a goofy dude who'd tell stories about um, working out his neck by, he had this contraption, this basically strap with a chain on it. And he put some weights on the end, lay on a bench and just nod his head and work, work out his neck. And then uh, there's also a really fun story how he almost burnt down his house one time. That was pretty fun. So... Yeah, lots of good stuff, but I digress. So that was my nickname, and maybe I should just start doing that. And A, it'd be a lot of fun. B, keeps me creative and my improv skills up. But then C, I might remember your name more. Fortunately, I remember her name. I did not remember the husband's name. I'll find it out tonight. It's fine. Uh, Yeah, so if you're listening to this and you're you're like, (laughs) oh, first of all, I I hope we can still be friends. Because you're getting, you're getting, this is full Gus, full bore. And I mean, typically it's what you get when I first meet anyways, but you're getting an hour straight of just me talking into a microphone. That's, I already overwhelm people in person. And so if you're brave enough to do this and still want to chat with me, that's fine. But yeah, that's what we're, that's what we're doing. Lots of fun stuff. So I'm just so, I'm so tired of that. That's, I can deal with forgetting people's names as long as I can remember that I've met you before, but it's different when it's like, I look at you and I'm like, new person time to say hello and introduce myself. And they're like, yeah, we met. And it's not that just we had met too, but these are the people that I had met that, that had intentionally invited us to dinner and ugh, feel horrible, feel so bad, but such is life. And honestly, I cherish those moments in life because it's those kind of moments that do keep you humbled and do remind you that like, Hey, sometimes you're a big, big fat doofus idiot face you know, just a real Hanyak. And, and that's, and it's okay because you're gonna, no matter how old, no matter how smart, no matter how, um, expert level you get at whatever your craft trade is, there's always going to be those reminders. We're all going to have those done moments. And it doesn't help that I'm a blonde. Fortunately, blonde jokes aren't really the hot topic anymore, but I remember when they were, and I was like, I just embrace it. Be like, absolutely. I mean, I definitely have some blonde moments. I don't even know if that's, that's an, Maybe I think that's a blonde moment. I don't think that that's an understatement because in back in the day, blonde, blonde jokes were pretty hardcore and I enjoyed every bit of them. So yeah, still, still walking blonde joke and it, it, but it, but it does serve as a good reminder reminder. Now I can look back and hopefully, you know, we build this relationship, this friendship and we can all look back and be like, Hey, that was, that was pretty funny. Remember that time that you didn't remember us at all? So, and then after that, for, (laughs) 
you know, you just get in a zone when you're, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I feel so bad. Right. And so your, your brain panics. And then I think three more times throughout that being at church, I was like, still good for tonight. See you tonight or see or not tonight, tomorrow. See you at dinner. Yeah. All good. And they're like, by the, I remember by the last one, they're like, yeah, we'll see you there. Maybe I was just trying to, I think, affirm that I did remember about that and I would see them tomorrow. Uh, I do also want to completely and totally put this on the fact that I first met people with masks. So it's like you meet someone with a mask. That's all. That's been such a fun game with the pandemic is like you build an image. You build an image of someone based upon their eyes and top of their nose, and you know, their hair and how they dress. And then they and then you see them without the mask on and and more times than not, I'm like, oh, kind of what I thought it would be. Sometimes it's, I look at them and say, that is not what I expected at all. Not necessarily, I'm not saying this in a good or bad way. It just wasn't what I expected. But how often have you, have your expectations been, or your prediction for someone's face been correct? I'll tell you, for me, it's more often than not, I am not completely wrong, but off. And which just goes to show you that you throwing that little mask on can really obscure what, what someone's brain will do to build out the rest of your facial structure and image. And so, and especially if it's guys like a guy who has a short beard, so that maybe you can't tell through the mask. I mean, you want to talk about a real wrench and everything really, really throwing you off. So that's what it is. But that's my, I guess, fun story, embarrassing story, confession of, the week oh and one one side note of maybe this is a colorado or place where they have real winter weather thing driving back from the gym uh, about 9 a.m 9 15 actually i am going down a four lane busy road and coming the other direction in the center lane going about two miles an hour is a street cleaner at 9 15 in the morning and i just go wait a minute this feels off Typically, when I think about street cleaning, I would look at that and say that's a that's a non-busy. Like you don't do that through, through you don't do that during the day. That's a that's a nighttime. You hit it at night, but maybe here because of ice and frost and stuff, maybe they can't do it. I don't know. But even then, you know, do it at five in the morning. Do it at nine at night. Do it. At, I don't do it at between ten and one one ten a.m. and one p.m. during the day in, in the dead time when everyone should be at work. But now people work remotely, so there's no telling. But to me, it felt like a very odd time, like almost the exact wrong time, actually, to be doing that. So if anyone, if if there is an explanation that I'm missing because I'm not from here, which most people I'm finding aren't from here, I, I think I've met one, maybe two natives. Everyone else transplants. So, which... I'm not holding against them. I was just surprised by that. You know, you go to where I'm from Oklahoma city. It's like, Oh yeah. Most people maybe aren't from Oklahoma city, but they're from Oklahoma and you know, from small rural town and they come to college or when they get out of college, graduate college, they get a job and they want to move to the big city. Right. And that was me and so many of my friends and you meet a good amount of transplants now, but being in Denver, it's like every person, where are you from? Oh, I moved here. And the, the amount of people who too, that have moved here in the last like two years that we, that I've met, I'm like, you're almost just as new as me for what's four weeks versus 
eight months. You know, it's basically the same. We're, we're pretty much on the same level there. So that, that's been pretty interesting to see, but it, it does kind of make sense because, but I'm also curious to know where's, I know there's gotta be natives, people that are, that are from this area, but I'm just not interacting with them. I guess. I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe they're up in Boulder, Golden or over in Aurora. I don't know. I'm learning, I'm learning some of the, some of the, some of the suburbs get excited. So All right, so let's jump into the meat and bones of today's episode. If you haven't been following the controversy, and I've talked about this a little bit, it's, I call it a controversy, attempted canceling or coordinated attack to eliminate Joe Rogan, or at least knock him down, silence him. Then we'll we'll do a quick catch you up to speed. Now I'm gonna have a bunch of links in the description of all the different stuff. Hopefully, and hopefully there's everything. But if not, in the main article I've shared, they have they have links to I think to everything. So, just quick recap: Joe Rogan um, got attacked for misinformation, and there were calls not only from like within Spotify, but celebrities, namely Neil Young and a couple other random people. You know, Neil Young being the only person you've ever heard of, everyone else was really kind of obscure, being like, we're pulling our music. And they're like, oh, you're pulling your music so that they can take down the guy who, I heard this this morning, has more, (laughs) for one episode, has more viewers than CNN, Fox, and MSNBC combined. Their primetime shows combined. You combine all of those. Joe gets more. I think it's like 11 million. Maybe, and maybe it's on a monthly basis. I don't know, but not surprised either way, any way you look at it. So... You know, that's what happens for, for misinformation, for having one of the people who has patents and was instrumental in the foundational technology that led to mRNA vaccines and also the most published, I'm going to get this a little bit off, but most published, like he's a cardiologist in, in history, period. The most published one, doctor and Peter McCullough. And they're like, it's all misinformation. I even heard one, uh, Philip DeFranco is a YouTube newser who I used to like, but now he's just parroting the same stuff that the main the mainstream left-leaning media does and he you know he said these guys, was it him or someone else was like you know, having someone on who's who's very good at nitpicking just to you know fabricating misinformation and I'm like okay who's crazier right now is it you or me is it me looking at him say and actually taking what he says and listening to it and trying to take that with all the information and build my um, I'm not gonna call it body of work, but like build, build out, you know, body of information that I retain and taking him and, and, and saying, you know, this guy looking at him and saying that, oh, this guy is very credentialed. And, but because he, and yeah, but he, you know, he's saying some things contrary to a lot of the, the big narratives that we're hearing around COVID and, or is it you who's saying, you know, he's very good at just, um, sowing misinformation and disinformation. It's like, hold on. Typically, too, in today's day and age, when it's all about credentialism, uh, is what I'm going to call it, which if, if you're not sure what I mean by that, that's the basic premise that he, you know, that we, we look at someone and we look for their credentials, you know, oh, you have a PhD in that or that, and that really holds all the weight. So then what you say has more meaning, which I think in general is a good rule, but at the same time, I think has been used to discount regular Hanyak's opinions who can think for themselves and, and now this has become a buzzword or buzz phrase, do their own research and understand it, at least at a basic level, maybe not all the intricacies, but I can get 
the, the basis of it. And I think that's, you know, so I think it, the pendulum has swung too far that way where we care too much about credentials. And it's like, look, we can have a conversation about this and both acknowledge that we are not experts, but, and, and you know, maybe defer to some experts, but at the same time, understand that just because they're experts doesn't make them automatically right. Now, it's funny that generally, and, and this is something that, is widespread, but particularly I'm going to speak about the left here where they, they care about that so much. I mean, you see it in the, in the pro abortion side where it's like, you don't have a uterus, no uterus, no opinion. You know, you're not a woman, you can't have a baby. So you can't have an opinion on abortion, which is just, just tries to kill a discussion, kill a conversation. Or it's like, you're not a doctor. You're not a scientist. You don't understand how these things work. And it's like, well, that's just demeaning. And first of all, it's discounting and saying, I can't understand basic principles and, and common sense. And it's like, I can, someone, I can do PhD level, anyone can do PhD level research and reading and, and build out what virtually is a dissertation and just do that on their own kind of outside of going to a university and going through a system and actually getting your formal PhD. And guess what? They're to, they would be just as qualified as someone who actually has their PhD. Now you might say, well, they didn't go through the system to make sure it was sound and all that. And that may be true. And we'll, you'd have to look at that, but to, I think we get too caught up in like, you have to go through the formal system. And, um, I'm not meaning this in a crazy way, but just more in a general sense. Right. And it's funny then that they look at this and be like, well, he's very good at sowing misinformation and just cherry picking that. It's like, hold on. Same person that sit there and be like, well, defer to the scientist because I'm no scientist, but then I'm going to criticize this scientist and I'm no scientist. And this is the most, or I'm going to criticize this doctor. Who's the most published, at least cardiologist or, um, cardiovascular doctor uh period like ever or at least right now i don't know i don't i don't know the exact thing on it so it's just it's funny to me that's first observation but anyways so you see this attempt at canceling and it was clearly just a smear campaign and then you see spotify drop another 70 episodes so jr jre missing.com is actually a site completely dedicated to tracking all the all the um memory hold episodes and so it has them all list and it tells you all the ones that were taken down most recently in the February 4th removing are on there. And it's kind of astonishing, but you know, cause a lot of these are comedians and stuff. And when that didn't work and when Spotify said, no, we're gonna stick with Joe Rogan because you know, he's a, we paid him a hundred million dollars, but he's also, he like, he's like the LeBron James of podcasting and, and media traffic and you obscure 60s and 70s artists that are all washed up and saying, we were removing our music. Big whoop. We'll take the hit because Joe pulls more or as many as much as all of you do combined. Well, then, and this is how you, this is, this is what gave it away for, and he put out a good video talking about, here's, you know, I'm trying here the other side. And I, and I like to have controversial doctors because he knows, and, he, and, my, and his problem with misinformation is that, over the past eight months, we've seen things that were once considered conspiracy theories and total misinformation and people being deplatformed, suspended, removed, what have, you know, all of the above, basically them being canceled or censored is now starting to be accepted in the mainstream, such as the lab leak, such as cloth masks don't work, such as, Oh, crud, crud, crud. oh, the vaccine doesn't pr protect you from getting it. And you might say, well, we always knew that there would be breakthrough cases, which is one point I heard. And it's like, oh, hold on. we always knew that there would be breakthrough cases versus you can still almost just as easily catch with Omicron. Yes, just as easily. You are no vaccinated, unvaccinated. You are no different to Omicron. 
it is it it gets you basically just the same. And feel free to fact check me on this. And I may not be exact, but the the number of people getting it. And so what we found out, and this is what I've been saying for a while, that really it's more of a thera what I'm calling I don't like the word vaccine with it. It's a therapeutic that prevents severe illness and hospitalization. And that's what it's good at. It doesn't prevent it doesn't prevent transmission. Uh, really. It, it it mitigates it a little bit, but it really doesn't prevent it, especially with Omicron. And now now that's accepted. But if I had been saying this year, year and a half ago, canceled. <laughs> Would have been pulled down from Spotify. Would have had to figure something out. And I'm not I'm I am the polar opposite of Joe Rogan, just a Hanyak with a mic and a computer. And so who am I, right? I disappear, nobody notices except me and my twelve friends that listen to this. So there's that, right? So he addresses that. And then, and then the big, the big bomb drops, right? And they're like, all right, fine. If that doesn't work, then here's what we're going to do. They go to, I don't know, a classic move of, we're going to go back through the internet and find, go through your internet history sleuth. It's, you know, the equivalent of going back and finding tweets from 2004 that now are unacceptable, but then we're fine. And then saying, see how bad this person is. And it's like, that was me in 2004. I was totally <laughs> different. We're not going to hold me to that standard, Right. But that's, I think, honestly, that's become the common perception. What I mentioned earlier is that, like, well, that's who you really are, and you felt comfortable being yourself now, but now you don't. And it's like, well, that's just not fair to anybody. There's no grace. There's no redemption. There's no mercy in any of that and acknowledgement. And what what I've come to realize, and a lot of people have, and I'm not going to sit here and claim that I'm the one who realized this, but what we've come to realize is that the danger of social media and the internet is that everything is forever. And so... You were no longer at a time where when in, in your teenage years, when you say crazy stuff, off the wall stuff, right? With you and your friends, when you're hanging out and you're, you're bantering and then, you know, you go about your life and 10 years later, guess what? Maybe, maybe you and your friends sometimes re- remember that, but you maybe don't talk about it or you only bring it up when it's you and your friends, but nobody knows about it, right? The difference is now people have done that on Twitter. I'm probably, we'll see. I know I probably got some kooky stuff out there. And, but I've decided I'm not going to go back and look for it and try and delete it. it is what it is. I said that then I don't think the same way now. Um, you see, so now with the, you know, with, with, with Twitter specifically, but the internet, social media, you see people or, or even within private channels, like on Slack or group me or something, group messages. We've seen that where someone decides, Oh, I don't like what this person's doing now. You know, they're 23. I'm going to pull up what they said when they're 15. And they, for this is Kyle, Kyle Kashuv, who specifically, you know, he, he got revoked from going to Harvard. His mission did because pull up a group chat where he was, I don't know, using the N word and like a dumb 15 year old who plays probably was playing call of duty or was around that sort of thing. Like who hasn't done that? Right. <laughs> and I've talked about this before, how a lot of times online video games, specifically the classic call of duty can oddly, it brings out the worst in people kind of like road rage does, right. It brings out the side of you and, if you're not careful about it, you can, you can get wrapped up in it. And I found myself wrapped up in it. So what we see then is we see this sort of coordinated attack now. And this is how, you know, it's just an attack because they don't like him. They can't control him. He's a free thinker, free speaker, and he does what he wants. And people have a problem with that. Now, while I don't like the fact that there are episodes missing and a lot, some of them are controversial. Sure. I think they should all be left up because like the book review that you'll hear, you know, context of situations matter. Something that you said in, 2005 versus 2022 there are so many things that you could say 2005 that were kind of acceptable that are not acceptable now that were were brought up now like hey you said that it was like yeah i said that at the time um looking back 
you know, even though it was acceptable at the time, I don't think overall it was right. And uh, you could say, oh, I regret it. My personal philosophy is I don't really like regrets. What happened happened. You can't change it. So no point in regretting it. Just being like, "Mm, I don't like that I said that. But having that in my past allows me to be better in my future. And that's what I like to believe. So what we have is we have a video compilation of cherry picking um, moments where Rogan has said the N word with a hard R too. Not, not what I would call, you know, the rap slang you find in a lot of hip hop and pop music, but like hard R and, and a lot of it was on different podcasts and things like that. Of course, he's a comedian and, um, you know, there's plenty of famous black comedians that they use that word, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock and Rich Pryor. You go back even further and, so they basically try and get him as a racist, and that appears to have not worked. He posted a video and talked about, A, the context. So first and foremost, I'm going to try and manage this discussion around the N-word best I can, um, because I, and I'm actually, you know, I think we all have some sort of, we all have our thought process on it, and, you know, what, how we'd like it to be how, versus how it is, and uh, it's something that I've had to deal with, and I've probably talked about way back when on the podcast and my personal thoughts. But I'm going to give my personal thoughts on it, but, but what happened to him, right? And so he comes out and says, look, he goes, that was wrong. That was stupid. He goes, some of it was, he goes, most of it was talking in context, either as a comedian, um, quoting other comedians' bits, or talking about music, or you know, whatever. So basically, in essence, he's saying it mostly was quoting, right? Which, personally... I think is the only real exception um, that that should matter. Well, I'll just say this: context matters, right? This has been my whole thing. We we we've now gotten to the point where me, um, we'll say, because I have white skin, if I just uttered the word, I'm not going to. But if I just uttered the word, right? If I mispronounced Niger, the country, and sounded like something else, and I just said the word in a vacuum, right? I People would be appalled. People would, there would be people who want to, um, the, the one to me that I, I used to be like, yeah, you know, you says you say you get slapped. Right. And I was like, actually, that's probably not okay. Because even if, even that's bad, I don't think responding, I don't think we should advocate for physical violence in response to something. I mean, that's a discussion to be had. We're not going to get on that point, but he, um, but just saying it, honestly, most people would look at me and be like, why would you use that racial slur? And I said, I just uttered the word in a vacuum, right? And that proves the point that I think I think it's a step too far to just say, if I were to just say the word, it would um, elicit backlash. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that I should be able to just say the word in a vacuum and use that as an exception. I'm, I'm just pointing out the, the greater point at hand. I think context greatly matters. Now, here's where I stand too. I think that I've... I'm totally acceptable that there is that, that this is just the way that our society is structured and formatted that basically if you're white, don't say it. If you're black, you can say it. I personally don't like the word either way. Uh, don't like, don't like it directed at me. Don't like to hear it, but is what it is. Right. And we'll go about our day. Keep it moving. Cause I can't control what other people are going to say all the time. Now I can be like, Hey, please don't, use, please, you know, don't, don't call, don't use that word towards me and whatnot. So, and so, so you see that right now I watch this video too. these two videos, Maj Torre, I've, I've mentioned him before. He's got a couple videos on YouTube. 
killed me. His camera kept auto-focusing, and so he would go in and out of focus about every five seconds, and it wrecked me. It the whole I just I was like I can't I had to look away from the screen because I was like if I watch this I'm gonna miss everything he says because this is gonna drive me nuts and I'm gonna throw something at the wall. Well, he talks about you know it's one, once or twice, sure, over seventy times, and. He's like, then you maybe have a problem. And it's so it's like, okay, maybe felt too comfortable saying it because I can see that. I can see where there's a point. I don't know what the point is, but there's a point where it's like, look, say it, shouldn't say it, but you know, oh, you are quoting something. But like I said, that doesn't give a pass. So it's like, well, I'm just going to constantly be quoting Django or I'm going to be quoting some Civil War text or I'm going to be quoting some song. And that gives me right. No, I don't think it's smart. A, understanding the social dynamics of it, but B, also just. Let's let's just move away from it, right? Maj Torre has a good point. He's like, is this the hill that you really want to die on? Is this is this where you want to make your stand? And all in all, no. And, and to a certain extent, kind of. But I just want to, for me, it's like I just want to push back this inch if it's a foot long, right? This whole and, and it's and it's pushed back. And we're at, I want I want I want this one inch, and I think it is consistent. And where there are there are very specific appropriate situations that the context would elicit that it's all right for that use of the word. Now, when I say it's all right, I mean kind of, kind of what I alluded to in in historical context. So, like you're reading a book, and I'm going to read a book from a time or something like that, or or what have you, and. And, and you read that, you really, well, I think of like the classroom setting, right? Reading a book and it's in the book and, and you're just reading the book at that point. And, and there's a very clear context. And guess what? I don't think, and I'm not saying you should feel comfortable <laughs> and I'm not saying you should, you know, like nobody should feel comfortable about it. It's an uncomfortable thing. It's kind of like an elementary school. It's similar to, you know, one of the first times you saw a cuss word in some book you were reading and your teacher's like, yeah, you read it because you're just reading the word. Now there's a conversation to be had about, even if you're just reading the word or quoting something, you know, is it appropriate? Is it wise? Is it okay to still use, um, we'll say bad language. And I think there's an argument to be had. It's like, not really. I think it's very limited and very specific situations. However, I think the inch of grace that we need to have and understand is when you have a p- clip like that cherry picked and it just, it just, the per the word coming out of the person's mouth and there's nothing around it. I think, I mean, a, that's a clear hit piece. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying when, when we see situations like that, you can make anyone or anything you can clip out and, and, and make them sound horrible what they're saying. Right. And for example, if someone's doing a bit and they're imitating Hitler and they're doing a big caricature and they say something like kill all the Jews or whatever, and you know, pull that out of context and you just pull that. And it's like, this person said that. And the context actually matters. If you understood uh, on the front end and back end of that, that, oh, that was a little bit or they were quoting something, then, okay, then, then we can look at it differently. We can still have a conversation about whether it was appropriate timing or, or how they said it or where they said it or what, you know, what the setting was, but we should understand that. Now here I look at this and I'm just like, real, this is a clear hit piece and it's nuanced of course. And be like, well, that's not cool. But at the same time, understanding that was 10 plus 12 plus years ago, I think most of them were, there's maybe a couple that were more, you know, five, six years ago. And we can say, yeah. And, you know, what Maj Torre says is he says, you knew that was wrong then. 
So going back and, and just saying context and whatever this, he goes, he goes, I don't buy it. You knew it was wrong then. And once again, it goes back to it was maybe more acceptable then in the way that you were doing it and around the people you were around does not make it right in general. I mean, same with, if you want to look at the classic example, slavery, right? It was socially acceptable then, but it doesn't make it right. Same with like Nuremberg laws and stuff like that. It was socially acceptable or as part of the societally acceptable, but doesn't make it okay. And, um, so, so that's, for me, that's the important delineation. That's kind of where I branch off and stop and say, okay, well, how do we respond now? Do we sit there and we say, wow, he's such a bad person. A, not a racist. B, stupid. C, you have to look at it and say, 10, 12 years ago, he's saying it now. How, what does that mean for him now? If he looks back on that and says, yeah, that wasn't okay. I thought it was okay then, but it wasn't okay. And you say, all right, cool. I don't think it's fair to him or to anybody in this situation like I'm seeing in this one. And I'll put a link to it where CNN covered it. And the first comment says, an apology doesn't erase what kind of person someone is. I was like, well, that just falls into the and this is part of cancel culture that you are what you everything you've said in the past, which is true in in a certain philosophical sense. But in general, I don't think it's. I don't think, you know, if we hang on every little dumb, stupid thing that you ever have ever said, say we had a record of it and we look back and say, well, that's you. Well, that's you. Well, that's you. That's you. And we only focus on the worst, the worst that people say, then everyone's pretty crappy. Everyone sucks. Right. And so what do we do about it? And I say, I look at this and I say, okay, that was bad. That was bad. Clearly this is an attack though. A very coordinated, like the time it took to go through and scrub all that footage because, you know, he has podcasts for hours and hours long and find all those. Clearly someone was, that's why I say this was clearly coordinated and that was, this was a plan and, a, and really a plot. But at the same time, uh, this is the, the curse of the internet because truth be told, I had a, and this is going to be a confession moment, right? And as many of us probably had some very, very short period in my life where I had the idea to be like, maybe I should. And actually this is about 10 years ago where I was like, I'm going to use the word right. And now not with an ER and it was mostly in the context of songs or, or quoting some phrase or whatever that caught fire. And if you find yourself in a certain place, you can see like I did is, you know, every song you're listening to says, says it multiple, multiple times. And it's built in, baked into the songs and specifically what I'm talking about. And I'm not sitting here trying to justify it because looking back, I realized oh, I was stupid and I was wrong. However, I course corrected through the help of some friends and, and whatnot and some, a couple awkward situations. Um, and also I do want to make it clear that I was not running around saying this everywhere. I was very tactful for the most part about where I said it. And this was a very, very short phase in college. Um, when I was very young and young, dumb and broke to quote a song. Wow, how many, when was that song popular again? Sorry. And I went through that phase myself. I am fortunate enough that I did not live out that phase either somewhere recorded, say like on a podcast or on a video or in um, some some private group chats or something like that with some messages with some friends. Now, who knows? Maybe there is some record somewhere, but at the end of the day, you look at that and be like, man, you're such a horrible person. And it's like, did I say this yesterday? Did I say this 10 years ago? Because that context matters. And looking back on it, just like anything else that we've done, fortunately, mine are lost in the ether forever. And I only live in my memory and a couple other people's memories. And we can all look at that and be like, man, I was very dumb. Was I racist? No, because 
it was one of those where I was trying to co-opt and almost graft into that because if you look at it, you know, the word has been recaptured and in my perspective is used almost the same way as saying like bro or dude, you know, and you could interchangeably and, and it's seen within the black community. And, and so that's, that's the angle that I was coming at it from and not realizing that, look, that's just not the way that we can talk about the way that things, I think things should be. And, you know, it should be this way that there shouldn't be some word that is so widely used, but at the same time, um, so, uh, demonized purely dependent on the color of your skin based upon history. And it's like, you know, maybe, but at the end of the day, this is how things are. And I've got to accept that. And I have accepted that. And I avoid the word like the plague really now. So there, you know, there's my confession. I'm sure we all have something similar like that. Right. There was also, also at the same time, Oh no, big open confession here. I found myself. Um, I, and I remember too, I can almost remember, I don't remember the exact situation, but I can remember the point where I was, I had a foul mouth in general, right? Kind of cussing like a sailor and I don't do that anymore. And I think there are a, there is a, there are once again, there are very specific scenarios where a certain curse word, you need that, that tinge, that seriousness that can come with them, but overuse of them makes them light. Right. And so I, I just remember, I do remember a specific point where I just, I, I, it was almost like a, you hear yourself, you know, you're always listening, you're always talking, but you, you, you hear yourself or hear how you're sounding like, Oh no. In a moment of clarity. And I had that moment and was like, hold on. I think I just said it say it was a 10 word sentence and six of them were, f- were, were like foul words. And I was just like, I, I always, I always railed on that person and talked trash on those type of people. I am that person right now. And so made a switch and came out of it. And so, like I said, it was a phase in college and we got through it, right? Fortunately, mine's not on on the inter- broadcast on the internet because now what you see is this, you see the social cancellation that comes with that because the the baggage that comes with saying that. Now, fortunately, Joe Rogan is basically bulletproof, and his most recent post is someone said, you know, how is you know when people ask me how am I handling all this BS, and he literally posts a video of this flaming like steak, and he's out to dinner with friends, and he goes, oh, I'm also on mushrooms, so which is how you should handle it. Like, right. He is, he doesn't read the detractors. He just goes about, keeps doing his thing. And that is how we've talked about. That's how you survive the mob. And I don't think he's, I think how he's addressed it too, has been good and calculated. There was a part of me that was a little concerned that initially I was like, ah, don't apologize. Right. And I think he maybe misstepped a little bit, but he didn't come out in full groveling apology because all the mob wants is it's never enough. They want your fealty and they want to ultimately destroy you. So they say, you know, we want your apology and you apologize and you basically grovel to them and then they, and they don't stop. They, that doesn't end the cancellation. It doesn't provide for a stay of, of, of mercy or any sort of grace. No, it's actually quite the opposite. Then they try and go even further and they just take it even further. And it's just, it's like this, it's, it, it's like a metastasized cancer. This cancel, the cancel mob is, and I'm using that in the proverbial sense. I'm not necessarily saying left or I'm just saying anybody, right? Any, and then this mob and, and that's what it does. And it, and it doesn't stop. It, it, it's a, it's a fool's errand to believe that it's, it's going to stop. So, and we have that come up and, oh geez, oops, almost knocked my whole setup over. I'm not in the truck today, if you can't tell, but so a good job on him and they break it down. Let's see. 
And fortunately, finally, we hear a statement from Spotify CEO. And thank goodness, I, I was nervous because it was the last one. A lot of times in, in this situation where it's like, oh, it came out. Here's all these instances of him saying the N-word. Like, that's the last, the straw that breaks the camel's back and it's, and it's done. You're done forever and you can never come back for that. And like I said, it, we've really got to push for more mercy and grace and understanding that you 10 years ago and like when I look back and think about that, I'm like, man, I really wish I hadn't have gone through that little phase, but I did. And I think now though, I have that blemish on me that personally that I can look back at and a, as a Christian, fortunately, I believe in, um, you know, you can never, you can't out God's grace. That was a great point phrase. Um, you know, in, 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 in the Christian church today, we love our little catchphrases, right? And, but that one though is actually great. And that heard that this last Sunday, I thought it was awesome. And going off that example, then we can put, we, we can live that out to other people as saying, you know, we, everyone has their line in the sand, but at the same time, understanding that I get that grace and that everyone actually gets that grace. If they're willing to accept it, it's always ready, cocked and loaded, ready to be, to be, to be spoken all over you to, to bring that back. And, uh, it's just up to you to just say, I accept, right? And having that then puts me, myself in a place and a lot of us in a place where we are then willing to extend said grace. Now, not to say that the, you know, that consequences shouldn't come from certain actions and the things that happen. But like I said, all the context around it always matters. And we should always bring that into play to have an honest discussion about what it is. Right. And for me, I was honestly pretty nervous about talking about this mainly because when I decided to bring up my history with it, I was like, this could not go well, but understanding that I'm not that same person and we should not view. That's the problem. We, we take someone over the course of 20 years of what they have on the internet. And we say, all this 20 years is you right now. And you don't change. And we have this weird belief. And partially, I think it comes from the media where you see all this, like I talked about in the boys, it's all these people who are secretly Nazis. And it's been a 70 year plot to, you know, take back over and bring on the fourth Reich. And it's kind of overdone in my opinion, but that's how I think we see that enough where it's like, Oh, you're just showing your true colors. And it's like, hold on. Is that fair? Is it showing their true? Maybe, maybe they were at a bad point in their life. Maybe they're totally turned around, right? And yes, they did that horrible thing or they said that bad word, but it doesn't mean they can't come back from that and they can't be better for it. And then saying, well, that's just your true colors, I think is unfair, personally. Not to say it may not be true for certain people in certain situations, but like always, we should take those situations in their context and not generalize out to other situations. So all in all, oh, Spotify CEO. He said, while I strongly condemn what Joe has said, and I agree with his decision to remove past episodes from our platform, I realize some will want more. And I want to make one point very clear. I do not believe that silencing Joe is the answer. Amen. We should have clear lines around content and take action when they are crossed, but canceling voices is a slippery slope. Amen. Looking at the issue more broadly, it's critical thinking and open debate that powers real and necessary progress, which I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, and because he kind of brought it up on his podcast, I was like, what makes, I was like, if you seeing that Joe Rogan is the biggest thing, right? And it's literally sitting down with certain people. Sometimes it's just comedians or friends. Sometimes it's experts in fields that are, that are very interesting, right? Or it's Elon Musk, but he, he literally just sits down and has conversations 
for two hours, three hours. Good, open, honest conversations where, um, you know, you're not demonizing each other. You're not getting into these big arguments or anything like that. They now they can have discussions and push each other on things. And 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 I look and I'm like, why is this so popular? It's so popular because I think we more and more have become starved for those things, both as a product of, I think, social media and interacting digitally that we naturally are drawn to these long-form podcasts and these long-form discussions more because we don't get that. And so even even though we're not participating, just hearing those and intaking those, there's something cathartic, there's something good about it. And so not just social media, but also I think too, more and more we talk and we feel like we're walking on eggshells and so many people, you know, they, they put on a front or a little bit of a mask and they don't want to be the authentic, authentic selves. Fortunately, I'm too much of a Hanyak to do that. And I am just always me. And so look out here. I come, <laughs> you're going to get, you're going to get all the Hanyak all up front and you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. And you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Right. And Usually what I say, you know, maybe I can temper it a little bit, um, but just to say like I'm authentic, I try and be an authentically myself all the time and a, that makes for better interactions with people. It helps other people be more authentic, but also I think it gives you more value in your interactions and gives you those types of interactions. And so we see that. I think we see more and more is that, you know, you go and talk to a group of people. Oh, how's everyone doing? Everyone's good, 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 good. No one was talking about, ah, oh, well, today was kind of rough, right? And get into the details because we're afraid of opening up because we're afraid of being hurt, afraid of being vulnerable. And that's always been a product of the human condition, but more so now than ever, especially with being uh, online and social media and that interaction, the explosion of the internet, though. And so that's what I came to realize. It's like, that's why, you know, he is so popular is that he's he's good, he's thoughtful, he's curious, and he has great, just honest conversations. And that's what, and I think there's a large craving for those honest conversations. I know I crave it, and that's why we listen to those sort of things. And and so then that made me realize, this, okay, so how do we get back to where we can just have that in real life? And so we have to actively try and work back, realizing that, and then saying, okay, I want to work towards having better, open, honest conversations where we can sit down and have that discussion because that's what we're missing and that's what makes him so popular. So yeah, that's, wow, that was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I'm about to wet my pants. So I'm going to close it out. <laughs> I'm going to close it out. Uh, fun fact, should um, sometime this week, maybe I'll see if I can get the details from her. Someone has been keeping up with my Norwegian goodbyes, namely my sister. If you don't know what the Norwegian goodbye is, it's where I say, hey, I'm going to wrap it up. And then seven minutes later, covering three more topics, I finally actually in the episode. And my buddy told me one time, he's like, he goes, man, sometimes it kills me. And he's like, all right, I'm going to close it out here. And then he goes, and I look at the time left and it's like six minutes. And I'm just like, oh, and that's the funny thing is sitting here recording, you know, current me or for you past me sits here and is like, I don't know. You know, I'm saying I'm gonna close it up. There's no, I don't know how much is exactly left, but you do. So I'm going to try and keep it. Like I said, under five minutes to me is always the goal, but we'll be having an update on how well I've been doing with my Norwegian goodbyes merch store. Go check it out. I've got a bunch of links in the description to all the different things talked about. And, um, I would like to seriously know where you stand on this and what you think about all this. And so I, I guess, I don't know if I ever fully fleshed out a, I don't think she'd be canceled. B, I think you could go back and maybe censor that words. Um, why do I want to do this? I listened to too much Joe Biden. First of all, B, and 
He never gets to the third point. He goes three things, and he says two things, and he goes one, and he says B, and then he rambles off. And it's like, I'm not allowed to take questions, and then finishes reading the teleprompter. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, basically where I stand on is I think this is the right move. It shouldn't be canceled. I don't like that they're removing the episodes, but because I'm worried that it is going to grow and grow and grow, and there is some future where all of a sudden – He's going to get removed. He's going to, he's going to get seriously throttled or censored, and it's going to be a problem. But for cur- currently, he stands strong. I do not think he deserves any sort of cancellation or punishment, you know, retroactively for uh, going at a time when he felt very comfortable in the settings doing that, saying the word. And I think it was all in all wrong. I also am sitting here saying the context does matter, and in certain contexts, and we need to, and there needs to be an inch of grace for context, right? Uh, one example I was thinking of was it Kendrick Lamar. Someone pulled some white kid up on stage and wanted to have him sing a part of his song. Now this, and this, this is kind of stuff that pisses me off. It's a total setup, right? It's a test. Sing a part of him song. So you have a black artist who makes music where he uses the N word. And then he, last thing I promise, I'm going to keep it under five. And then he pulls someone up and says, Hey, sing along with me, sing this line. And, and the line is one of the lines where you have that N word and you, brought a white kid up and it's like what are you you are literally setting this up setting this kid up for social crucifixion like that's that's what i don't like that's what i have a problem with now the kid saying it not saying it and everyone getting all pissed off and it's like i honestly look at uh, i don't remember who it was so i'm not going to say but i look at the artist and say that's on you why are you doing that and in that context i do not think the kid was wrong if he's brought up by you the author of the song and you asked him to sing this line of the song purely to see if he'll say a word and he 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 quotes the song your song back to you and says the word no that one that is we'll say this an acceptable use right and now do i think the kid was smart i don't remember if he said it or not but do i think let's say maybe he did do i think the kid was smart to say it no i think you look at that and say i'm not falling for this and you walk off you get out of that situation. Recognize a trap for a trap. So that's that's my one that's my one example of a context where it's like, no, 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 no. You shouldn't sit there and be like, oh my gosh, you said the N-word. And it's like, look at the whole situation. Dude was served up on a, I mean, that's like a confidential informant, undercover guy trying to get you in the act, right? And sets up, but but he does too much and sets up the situation and prompts you to do a crime that where where he was supposed to just be there and to witness it and it's like no, no no he actually totally prompted that so yeah that's where the context really matters right and having that inch of grace and be willing to, to pause and have that conversation before we react right because the point is to invoke emotional responses to try and get him down so i'm curious to see what the next step is in this coordinated attack to try and bring joe rogan down if they're just going to continue the bombardment and seeing is he's just walking through the fire and just kind of ignoring everything that's the best way to be and just keep doing your thing keep grinding so uh thank you so much though for being part of the hanya Accord. hope this first dose of weird which is more of a dose of serious about stuff that's going on hits you hard but i've been trying to do the crap sandwich method where it's kind of some fun goofy stuff on the front serious cultural topical stuff in the middle fun goofy stuff on the back end so we'll see let me know how you like that book reviews coming up on how not to read the bible i'm currently reading carnivore code by paul saladino carnivoremd.com is his place um very very interesting topics what am i forgetting forgetting something tired of forgetting people's names that's for sure so yeah anyways i hope you have a pdfg monday 
always remember, ride the lightning just like we do every single time. That way people can't steal your thunder. I love that I came up with that new phrase. Go get you some stickers. Show off your Hanyak pride or Rambling Viking pride. Mine should be in this week, so I'll, you'll get the full review. If you're waiting for me to get the review on the stickers um, to make sure that they came out okay, I'll, I'll do a full review. It'll be a whole video. It'll be great. So I am seriously about to wet my pants, so I'm going to close it out here. That does it for this edition of the Rambling Viking podcast. This is your head Hanyak signing off.